I can talk to you about it later. Welcome to our Water Polo Fit podcast. Hope you're well. Uh, you're El Capitano or co-captain, Marin, here. To my left, i got my uh, co-captain, uh, Jimmy Falzon. Welcome to the podcast. My good. Hey, Marin, how are you? Um, I'm good. Uh, do you want to hear about my beef? Yeah, let's go straight into beef. <laughs> let's go straight into your beef. I'll tell you about my beef. I probably should. It's probably not podcast worthy, but I'm going to go with it. Um, first thing, diesel's cheap. I fill in my car up. That was positive. But negative, one of my pet hates is when you go to a coffee shop and there's no one around and they ask you for your name. Yeah. And it happened to me today. And on top of that, she called me Mary. So she even got my. So I was like, you had one job and you called me Mary. So I wasn't happy. So if you're in a coffee shop and there's no one around, don't ask for my name. I also don't like in coffee shops when I get asked lots of questions. Like, I order my coffee and that, that's it. That should be the end of the conversation. That's it. You yeah. know? I'm not here to chit chat. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here. Don't, don't ask me more questions about it. You're the professional. You know what you're doing. Like, I asked for a coffee. You know what you're doing, how to make it. Don't ask me any more questions. What is your coffee order? I like a double macchiato. What is a, what's a, what is double macchiato? Double shot coffee with a little macchiato means mark in Italian, so it's just a little mark of milk on top. It's good. I actually, I, I knew the answer, but I just wanted listeners to know, and uh, I'll, I'll actually let you know that I uh, actually have been having some uh, macchiatos myself. You and, actually uh, make a pretty good one, man. Yeah, the, the the one thing I've been struggling with a good macchiato is uh, amount of milk I put. Uh, Only a little bit. Yeah, Only so uh, I'll work on it though. It's but for the nicer crema. For uh, crema is the guy. You know what? I also learned that. You make coffee. If you make coffee at home, if you get it like a little white, uh, sorry, light brown, I guess the head, like you know, when you pour a bit, like that's that's crema, crema, a crema. You say it well, man. Uh, sounds a bit Mexican, crema <laughs> or Russian. It sounds like you're saying crema, crema. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it sounds it's a fresh coffee bean, so it's uh, it's a good coffee. So when you get your macchiatos or piccolos, if it's a bit of cream at the top, it means that um. Go. It's a good, good fresh bean. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got for this week, mate. Um, looks like you've had a pretty busy week. I know we don't usually do it, but um, your other podcast, the Marin Lazic Show, I've had a pretty big guest this week. How'd you manage that? <sighs> so yeah, I had a big week. I um, the other podcast, give it a plug, Marin Lazic Podcast, uh, the marketing team. Had to sit along to figure out the name for that <laughs> one. Uh, I had uh, Michael Italiano, um, Italiano uh, as a guest. Uh, Michael is a performance coach, but he's probably... What's uh, a performance coach before you say who he coaches? So performance coach, so I guess everyone's, you know, you got your strength conditioning coaches, you got your uh, personal trainers, uh, the way I sort of look at a performance coach, I like to claim, I like to think I'm a performance coach, is someone that kind of like looks everything, not just your training program. If anything, training program is your last piece, but it's, it's, it's all about increase, optimizing your performance uh, and that could involve but just like, you know, improving your sleep, uh, look at your nutrition, um, you know, your emotional stress, controlling that, uh, almost being a psychologist uh, sometimes. 
Um, and then, yeah, obviously tr- help you with your training, getting you strong or get, getting you whatever's required to optimize your performance. Now, if I'm working with a, a CEO, they're going to have a slightly different requirements compared to a uh, Olympic water polo player. Um, so back to Michael, uh, he's a performance coach uh, and he's probably best known for uh, being performance coach to uh, Daniel Ricardo. Uh, I'm loving my Italian accent at the moment. Uh, Daniel Ricardo is Australian. Uh, he's got a bit of Italian heritage, but he's uh, he's Australian F1 driver, a uh, very talented driver. Uh, for those that have Netflix or Netty, uh, if you watch Drive to Survive, uh, Daniel does get a bit of exposure. And for those that haven't seen it, I would highly encourage you to watch it. It's uh, it's a quite good insight of F1 drivers and what goes behind. And I think F1, sometimes when you watch it, all you see is helmets and fast cars, but you don't really get to see their personalities and you don't get to see how much of a freakish athletes they are. Uh, and this show kind of shows it. And... Um, for the listeners, what was interesting about uh, talking to Michael Italiano, performance coach here, um, you know, he, 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 his challenge of training Daniel is that um, uh, F1 drivers, they need to be actually super fit uh, because uh, F1 cars, um, they obviously go very fast and with all the braking that goes on and speed, um, they have to deal with G-forces. Uh, which means that um, uh, they have to be quite strong and, and, and it means that the average heart rate during the race, that usually goes between 90 minutes to you know two hours, could be up to 170 beats per um, minute. So for that 90 minutes to 120 minutes, their heart rate might be at 180, 190 the whole time. Yeah, so, and yeah, like it's, it's a lot of interesting facts about F1 uh, for those that, you know, might have just looked at it as, as a race, but G-Force, uh, the easy ways to like uh, explain how, how the G-Force feels. I mean, I haven't experienced it myself, but what I read about it is, um, you know, with the gravity at the moment, so gravity that we walk around is like it's a G-Force or one, uh, the F1 drivers can experience up to you know G force of five. Uh, so if your head, let's say your head weighs I don't know five kilos and you put a helmet on it, uh, so let's say your head weighs um, eight kilos but just walking around normally, um, times that by five, um, and that's that's what it feels. Like. You know, think about having a you know forty kilos on your head. And having to walk around or drive the car, uh, and not only that, like it's not just their head, um, but on that, their, their necks have to be really strong. That's why a lot of F one drivers have really strong necks because uh, they have to support the G forces, but also their lower backs and um, you know, like the obliques and, and and abs need to be quite strong as well to deal with it. Because you know, as most of us experience, you know, you know, riding the, in a car when you go around the corners, you can't just be loose. You got to still. Um, uh, brace your core and, and, and those guys uh, have to deal with that as well as not putting on too much weight because, you know, it, it is the sport about hitting maximum speeds. Um, so they have to keep their weight in check uh, and there's a whole lot of obviously science and engineering that goes into it, how much they're allowed to weigh on a day to get most out of the car uh, and get the most speeds. That sounds pretty interesting. So. It was interesting. I'm obviously very geek, geeking about it and... Uh, 
yeah, for listeners, if they want to jump on Marin Lazic podcast, uh, Michael Tiliano, uh, we chat about, you know, how he trains Daniel and, you know, a few interesting things, uh, who but drives the car on the way home. But finish listening to this one first before you listen to that Well, one. our next guest is probably as big a deal as a I Daniel Ricciardo. I reckon um, um, as far as the water polo world goes, he's, he's, he's up there. He's the Daniel Ricciardo. He's the Daniel Ricciardo of water polo. Um, so for those that haven't guessed already, um, we, we have Daniel, uh, Daniel Reese. I was going to call him <laughs> Daniel Reese. Uh, we had Reese Howden on, uh, uh, today. Um, I mean, Jimmy Reese's stats. Can you, uh, share his, so his stats? Absolute legend of, um, the modern Australian game. Um, he's gone to three Olympics. Um, he went to 2008, 2012, 2016, and he's on track to go to Tokyo 2020, 21. Um, <laughs> played over, he's played over 300 National League games, um, scoring 616 goals with only 146 exclusions. Um, He's obviously known for his speed, agility, strength, um, shooting ability. But what what most people don't not acknowledge is how good his defence is. He plays on the left. A lot of his water polo he plays on the left-hander side, even though he's a right-hander. Um, so not only is that key in attack, but in defence, week in, week out, especially when he's playing internationally, he's playing against the best players in the world and defending on the best players in the world. Um, so it's really interesting um, talking to him about... His approach to water polo, his approach to getting the most out of his body coming back from um, from setbacks. Um, but yeah, awesome just to chat with him. And uh, what, what I love about watching Reese is he does make it look so easy. He does play on a left-hander side. So he's a right-hander that plays on his side. So he's got to catch the ball cross face. Um, and he just makes it look so easy. He, he does make Which it look... comes from having incredibly good basics his foundations are amazing and his body position is if any juniors want to watch someone to really focus on their body position he's the key person to watch his body is always in the right position his hips are always up on the surface his legs are always in the right position uh, and he's always that half a yard ahead not because he is he's a fast quick player but he thinks and and, and i mean this with like nothing more than respect but reese is not the biggest guy uh, around you know and, and and he plays obviously well above his weight but the uh, reason why i say that is like you know we do get a lot of questions about how do i get big, bigger how do i get bigger and and, and reese is probably a classic example of someone that what he might lack in size just makes out on his goal um game knowledge his agility his speed uh and his skills so um you know I, i'm you know for people that listen to the pod I, I always talk about it don't get obsessive about your size it's not be all if you are gifted with a with a big frame and, and and a good height awesome make most of it but if you're not you can still go far in water polo um and not just in australia but internationally as well awesome get into let's it get him on. sweet good all right let's go uh reese welcome to the show what's going on i appreciate it boys thanks for having me Got first queenslander on the show are you, are you yeah it? i think it is Oh yeah, yeah. it took a while. Yeah, we've had a few requests, but haven't quite go, got, yeah. got one yet. So <laughs> very good. Like, and you know, and and because of that, we're having a Queensland beer. I think Bolter. That's a Queen. That's a um, Gold Coast, aren't they? Oh yeah, Mick Fanning's. Uh, no, Byron Bay. I think. Oh. Isn't that Byron? I think it's Gold Coast. 
We bought them specifically. Or Goldie, then. We bought them specifically because we thought... Well, I don't know. I've got no best. idea. I thought Mick Fanning was one of the owners. Yeah, I used be. to be the owner. Yeah, could be. They're not, they're not bad. They're not bad. They're not a bad beer, though. They're all right. But I guess we probably do want to talk about the um, the elephant in the room first. We'll get Origin out of the way. Uh, what do you think of the game? Well, f- first of all, Marin, can you kind of set the scene for those of non-Australians or people that don't live in New South Wales um, or Queensland? Every year uh, in Australia is a big rugby league game where uh, uh, two states, New South Wales and Queensland, play a three-match test series. Uh, it's... Uh, it's a big game, uh, teammate on teammate. Uh, there's no 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 love loss. Um, in the last few years, Queensland's been very dominant, but probably till like last few, like last fifteen, maybe last fifteen, and then the you, last. You guys have won the last two. Last you guys have won the last two. two. Uh, but one of the things that uh, this year, uh, I think, is fair to say, New South Wales definitely a, a better team on paper. Uh, it looked like it's going to be whitewash, but. Uh, in a typical fashion, Queensland um, caused an upset, uh, or in our opinion anyway, and I won a series. Um, so, yeah. yeah. What do you think of the game? What, all three or just the last just one? whatever you want. You can, whatever <laughs> way you want to the, go about um, it. I mean, coming down to uh, Suncorp, it's uh, pretty much the Maroons. It's all right. Anyway, I want to go about it. No, it's the Maroons Fortress, isn't it? Um, Suncorp, so... Um, I think it was always going to be a, a pretty good game um, up here in Queensland. But, uh, I mean, you can never really rule, you know, an underdog out, you know, really in, in any sport. So, um, you know, I think just on the night, I think Queensland probably just played with a little bit more energy and that probably what got them over the line. You know, like you said, New South Wales and Papal were, were, you know, a better, better side. But, um, you know, it's um, I think that, Queensland, that Suncorp sort of atmosphere, I think, really lifts the, the Queensland players. And, you know, I think that small little, you know, one, two, three percent of type thing, um, you know, I think definitely helped them. But, um, I mean, it was a good, I think it was a good game, you know, all in all. So, um, you know, it was a good series as well. Yeah, and I guess, and on that, from you've played water polo at the highest level. What does it take to, to perform at that level when it counts? So when are those clutch moments, clutch games, like, do you go through a certain process to to play well in those games, or do you just go back to your basics? How how do you prepare for those key games? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's easier sort of being an, an older, you know, more experienced athlete because I've sort of gone through some of those ups and downs and uh, and sort of trained myself to. You know, in, a, in some situations, or if I'm not playing well, to like you said, go back to the basics, or you know, defend first, don't get scored on. You know, keep your your he- hips up, your legs up. You know, it sort of runs through my head, sort of constantly. Um, you know, and then it, that sort of um, you know, once you build a bit of confidence, sort of in that, that sort of takes you into that attack as well. So, um, you know, I, I suppose you know, like you said, there was a few debutants in that Queensland side, so. I don't know whether it was. It might have been some of those old old heads, sort of, um, you know, giving them that encouragement to sort of just, you know, give it a crack, and um, you know, because obviously that experience isn't there yet, but it, you know, it will be in the future. So, um, I mean, for myself personally, yeah, it's it's um, sort of reiterating to myself that you know I've done all this work, you know, I've done seventeen years of of this of water polo, so I need to just trust my instincts and. And trust the process of, of you know where I'm at and, and where the game's at in that particular moment. 
And the other the other part I guess I'd like to explore on that is you've played in some really, really successful teams and teams that have had a great winning culture. What does it take to build that kind of culture and a, and a winning culture? Um, I think uh, trust is probably the, uh, the biggest thing. Uh, you know, just trusting, trusting your teammates. Um, and that obviously comes with that experience as well. You know, you've like teams and, and players have to go up, you know, in through those ups and downs and, and come out, you know, with, with, you know, wins and losses and, you know, clutch moment losses or clutch moment wins and things like that. So, um, you know, but at the end of the day, it's, it is a team sport too. So, you know, as long as you're doing your role for the team, um, and trusting that the rest of the, the rest of the boys are doing their job. Um, I think, you know, that probably answers, answers the question. I think, you know, I think trust is probably the, the biggest thing. Yeah, um, Reese, we asked all Olympians, uh, kind of to talk us through what does that game day prep look like? Uh, like, what do you do on morning off uh, when you're playing in Olympics? Uh, what's your kind of ritual? How do you get ready for a big game? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably one of the probably the guys that will be a little bit more chilled. Um, you know, I'll probably just listen to music or I'll try and have a joke or I know there's a, sometimes a table tennis uh uh, table downstairs in the in the village, and I'll go have a hit with someone if, if someone. Um, I, I normally try and keep it a bit more fun and um, sort of energised. Uh, I, I know in the past if I've gone a bit more serious, I'll um, I'll, I'll sort of probably start thinking, you know, about the game too much or, or get in my own head a little bit. So, you know, if I can keep it um, a bit more sort of you know fun and, and lightheaded, I'm not going to, I suppose, delve into. Uh, you know, too much detail and sort of psych myself out type of thing. So, um, you know, but um, yeah, just we, we normally get up, have brekkie as a team, um, come back to the to the rooms or whatever. Um, we might have a session, you know, we might go a light swim or a pass or a shoot or something. Um, maybe a little bit of tactics, come home for lunch, have a bit of a rest in the afternoon. And um, then you sort of, then your mind sort of starts to switch on to, um, sort of game mode and, you know, maybe an hour or two, you know, a couple of hours before the game. And once you get there, you're sort of a bit more switched on and just start running through the process of, you know, the team tactics, what your role is. Um, and that's sort of it, really. And then uh, you jump in and the game starts and just start playing. Um, we get a lot of questions about nutrition. Uh, what do you eat on the game days? Or like, what what would you have for brekkie? What would you have for lunch? Yeah, uh, breakfast... Um, I mean, it depends on the time of the game too. If it's a relatively early game, it'll probably just be more sort of cereal, a bit of toast. If it's a later game, you know, I'll probably load up and sort of do a big brekkie with, you know, bacon, egg, sausage or tomato or something like that. But um, I suppose, so it depends on, on game time. But if it's, a, if it's a late game, yeah, I mean, breakfast, just sort of load up, get that get that fuel in there. Um, you know, uh, probably a later lunch. Uh, but mainly sort of your carbs, sort of part, part, you know, bolognese or, you know, lasagna or something like that, you know, a bit of pasta or carbonara. Um, nice. Snack sort of in between throughout. Um, but I like to eat sort of about a bigger meal sort of four hours prior to a game. Um, you know, I can sort of go on that. Um, it doesn't sort of sit in my gut, you know, by the time the, by the time game starts. So, um, and then just, you know, during game or just before we, you know, sort of uh, get a few of those uh, energy gels and, Things like that, um, you know, we've got Powerade uh, on the side of the pool, you know, throughout the game. So, 
but yeah, that's sort of uh, game day, game uh, day meals. You mentioned music. Uh, what what what's your sort of top three songs to uh, get stoked on or get g'd up oh, on? Oh God, at the moment I don't reckon I've got <laughs> whatever whatever just uh, whatever comes on the playlist at the time. I, I don't have a, a top three. Um, it used to be a bit of a Eye of the Tiger, but nice. um, good intro. That that, that hasn't uh, yeah that hasn't had a had a run in a little while. But, um, um, WAP. I know something 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 upbeat. Something yeah. um, you know something that's just sort of a bit bubbly, a bit uh, get you a bit jumpy. WAP, like the, oh, what does it stand for again? Uh, wet ass. I don't know, mate. Okay. No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, the, 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 it's a girl with a uh, gynecologist the, problem. Um, okay, yeah. Cardi B song. Yeah. Is that the, no, nothing. All right, cool. No, that's, that's, uh, get, we, we get a lot of questions about that. Oh. So, uh, yeah, no, thanks for the insight. Uh, so, a couple of key moments in, in the Origin series were, unfortunately, when key players got injured. I thought when um, the uh, the Queensland uh, Munster got injured in the the second game. Second um, game yeah. So for non-listeners, pretty much so he plays five eight, but that's pretty much like a quarterback kind of position. Runs the kind of show. When he got injured, that had a pretty big impact on Queensland in the second game, and then in the third game when James Tedesco got injured, I think that had a pretty big impact on on the Blues game. Um, my first question is who? What players have you? played with or against that have had the ability to dominate a game, that come into a game and can single-handedly turn it one way or the other? Um, oh, <laughs> well, a guy I've, I've played against uh, my whole career, uh, Dennis Varga. Yep. He is an absolute freak. <laughs> um, I remember... Uh, all my junior water polo with like your you know Aussie teams that when we used to travel over there, um, Foxy would always put me on him. You know I'd have to defend him, um, and I just remember then I still don't I still don't think he's ever actually uh, properly you know scored on me one on one or anything like that. Maybe maybe sort of you know the last probably maybe six years sort of more international stuff because he's just an absolute freak. But back then I just remember his movement on his legs and the way he could create space from me and um, you know I just I tried to replicate what he sort of could do um, but I remember we were up uh, in our World Juniors game in 2007 in Long Beach we were up by four going into I think it was the last quarter um, and I think he just just put on a clinic and just clutched out I think three goals and I think their centre scored scored one to tie went to shoot uh, went to extra time um, we, we evened it up in then um, then it went to shoot out and they, they beat us but um I mean, even watching some international games and even club games, um, you know, watching him, he steps up in, in big moments quite a lot um, with some big, you know, big bombs out top um, and just his, his wrist action. Uh, it's just, it's, I reckon, just world class. And, um, you know, he's, he's one player that I'd, I'd say, you know, would be his absolute gun. It could just come in and just change a game. Yeah, awesome. It was interesting before you came on. We we're bigging you up about your, your defence for us. That's one of the things that we like watching when, when you play. That's what we like your, your defensive skills. Everyone talks about your agility, your skills in attack, and even I think your wiki, your Wikipedia. One of the main things is that you were the top sprinter at two Olympics. Um, most useless stat of all time, I reckon. Uh, did uh, did I say anything about uh, him watching uh? Uh, DHA, that was a DNA magazine in his room. 
before two thousand. Uh, that's, that's Billy. That's Billy. Billy Miller. That was. Ah, uh, was it? I think uh, your mate AJ Roach uh, threw you under the oh, bus. Oh, he did it too. Yeah, yeah he said uh, oh. you were caught looking uh, no, no, through. He's got the wrong Queenslander. Yeah, okay. We'll, 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 we'll fact check with him. He's good at fact checking, AJ. Don't worry about him. <laughs> um, and my, my last question on Origin was I thought also Harry Grant had an absolute blinder, um, a good Tigers player. Um, who are some of the best rookies that you've seen and who are the best young players coming up now through the system? Oh, geez, that's a hard one. Um, I suppose when... Uh, I think it was London, um, sort of my second second Olympics for myself. Um, you know, we had you know AJ, uh, younger, I know younger uh, a lot younger than AJ, I think, or a couple of years younger. So, um, you know, around that time, obviously Aaron Younger, our you know current captain now, he, you know, absolute freak. Um, when he was young and come through, and you know, look look where he's got to now. You know, playing professionally in Europe and. Uh, for for many years in in Hungary and now at Pro Reco, you know one of the one of the powerhouse clubs in Italy. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd say him as a Aussie coming through when he, when you know he was a young boy. Um, now, um, you know, it, it feels I know they're young, but it feels like they've been in our in our team for about you know Olympic cycle. So, um, you know, you got you know young Tim Parton. Um, um, who have we got else? I'm trying to think who's in our bloody team. Who are the young boys in our team? It feels like they're not young, though. You know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah, so, um, we've been playing with them for so, for so long. So, uh, you know, Andy Ford, I suppose he'd be yeah. one of the young ones coming through as well. You know, and plays on my side of the pool. So, um, Anthony, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been good. Oh, yeah, Heranthus, yeah. yeah, young goalie. Um, I mean, even Nick Porter got a bit of a run in 2017 when uh, a few of the goalies were out. He played in that Hungo uh, against the Hungos and I think made a few penalty saves and they got the bronze or something or something like that. So, you know, there's a few few young goalies coming through, um, which uh, I, th- I don't think we've ever, um, I think, struggled with, with, with young goalkeepers. But, um you know, Tim Tim Putt's a big, big old fella, so um, I think he's got a big career ahead of him. And same with with Andy Ford. So yeah, um, mate, um, you had a fair few setbacks in your career uh, with injuries. Uh, I think you did your knee. Uh, was it before Rio or was it after Rio? Uh, no, it was, it was after twenty sixteen. Is so that, it, was, it was leading into Rio. It was two years, two years prior to Rio, yeah. And recently, you had a bit of a setback as well. Um, I guess my question yeah, is, um, for young kids or even current players, you know, setbacks for an athletes and injuries, uh, you know, it does happen. Um, how do you? Well, any tips how to bounce back? And you know, it seems that every time you came back, you came back stronger and better. Um, what, what, what's your advice on dealing with setbacks or dealing with major injuries? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously disappointing, you know, when you get injured because you're obviously not playing and you're watching everyone else and, you know, you've got a long uh, road to recovery ahead of you. But um, I don't know, I think, um, you know, I've been very fortunate and pretty lucky, you know, position I'm in, you know, with QIS and even with the Aussie team. And there's a lot of uh, services around um, to really help me um, get back on track, you know, with nutrition and, 
you know, eating properly and not blowing out because I'm, I can't do any exercise or, um, you know, the physios, you know, I, I get to see them sort of once a day or once every, you know, second day or something to keep up the rehab, the, the QAS gyms there at my disposal whenever I need, you know, with the S&C coaches. So, um, and, and all those support services all talk together and, and really, I suppose, um, listen to, you know, my feedback and I also listen to them because, uh, you know, they're the experts. So, um, you know, like I said, I've been, I've been very lucky to have all that around me to sort of bounce back and, and sort of get back to that um, sort of peak performance where, where I need to be to be able to play Olympics and world champs and, and things like that. So, um, you know, I think a tip would be sort of, uh, you know, just, just ask for help, you know, if, if you do need it and, um, and be real thorough with your rehab. Uh, you know, if you, if you cut corners and you skip, uh, you know, you, you, you're not going to get to where you want to be as, as quick as you probably want. It's going to probably take you a lot longer. Uh, and then the further or the longer it takes you, you know, the slower you're going to get back. So, um, you know, I think doing, doing your rehab properly and, um, and, and as frequently and constantly as, as you're supposed to, um, I think it's pretty key. And how's, uh, how's the body holding up now? Yeah, no, pretty good. Uh, yeah, my, my recent injury was uh, I had a back operation on the 1st of June. Um, you know, just a, a sort of minor sort of clean-out type thing. Uh, but nonetheless, it was still a, about a month or a couple of months, you know, I had to sort of rehab and recover. Um, but, yeah, no, everything's uh, – I'm, I'm back to full fitness training, uh, everything at the moment. Um, you know, I'd be down with the uh, Aussie boys now in the, the camp that they're having in Sydney. But, um, you know, COVID uh, isn't allowing me to travel yet, so – um, but yeah, it's, um, um, yeah, body's feeling pretty good. And, um, I think I just need to maintain and just keep, keep the thing, keep the fitness up and keep the rehab up, uh, leading into next year. And, uh, hopefully, uh, Christmas break doesn't uh, slow me down. <laughs> good. Um, we get, uh, we got some listener questions. We'll, we'll go through those later. But one of the common questions that we get, um, is about training. Uh, you know, what, what, what training, young athletes should do and all the rest of it and not young athletes elite athletes um you're based in queensland um, most of the australian team is based in sydney i had to think about that one um but yeah what, what does your training look like up there i mean um you know you, you obviously almost training on your own or with your club side like what what do you do what does your week look like yeah, so it's um, it's actually not too bad because um, we're obviously training for for national league, you know whether it happens or not. Um, our Monday Wednesday night polo sessions are actually uh, pretty good quality. We've got Anthony Martin come back. Uh, we've still got the likes of Billy Miller, a few of the um, uh, national league players like Mason Patel, Will Armstrong. Um, you know they've all Chris Corbin. They've all come back. So our our Monday, Wednesday night sessions are actually uh, pretty good quality. Um, uh, you know, with all the the QAS boys and some of the young um, younger boys coming through. So, um, and then gym, we do gym basically Monday, Wednesday, Friday um, as QAS. Tuesday, Thursday morning swimming, um, and then Friday night um, or another sort of QAS session. And sometimes the older boys uh, come to those sessions as well. So, um, at the moment, uh, <laughs> training's actually been uh, pretty good, pretty intense. Uh, for some of them. Um, so I think that's definitely also helped me 
um, going to sort of get back to a bit more of a, a good fitness base as well. Um, having them come back, uh, we've had Nick Porter here out from the out from the US. Uh, he unfortunately goes back, I think, next week, but he's been here for a good um, couple months, so it's been good to have a another good goalkeeper to, to shoot at at training every session. So, um, yeah, no, it's been uh, like I said, it's been pretty good at the moment. So. Depending on what happens with COVID and National League, if it happens and the old boys leave, uh, <laughs> it might get a bit hard. But, um, <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the young QS boys are, are pretty good and they, they swim hard and, and train hard. So, um, you know, I have got a bit of competition here to sort of uh, fight with and, uh, and push me a little bit. Very good. Um, so, you know, is it Olive, isn't it? Olive's your daughter. Dad life. Yeah, dad yeah, life. yeah. Um, so yeah, d- dad life, yeah. One and a half, almost one and a half. Yeah, eighteen months. Eighteen months. Yeah. How's she going, and, and how are you? How are you balancing it? How are you balancing? Yeah, and life and water. No, nah, she, yeah, she's no, nah, she's really good actually. She's um, she's <laughs> at an age where she's getting a bit sassy and uh, uh, yeah, definitely uh, got a little bit of an attitude now. But um, no, nah, she's she's. She's a, a dream kid at the moment. She sleeps sleeps really well, sleeps through the night, and um, you know she's she's more often than not you know always happy. So, um, but yeah, the, it's been interesting. Yeah, since uh, since she's come along, uh, like you said, trying to juggle sort of life and family stuff with training. Because um, in the past, when I was younger, you know, I've never really had to do any of that. It's uh, wake up, go to training, drop me off or whatever, or drive myself there. Uh, but now having uh, you know a little one on board, it's um, definitely changed things um, a lot. I've really got to, I suppose, manage my time and really try to get my sleep in for, for recovery and things like that. Um, and you know, some nights she doesn't have a good sleep, or she's teething, or she's sick, and she's up most of the night. You know, they're they're some of the tough sort of tough nights and and hard to wake up to to go training. Or if you do go, it's uh, you know motivation's a little bit low, but um, I mean, all, all in all, I think you you know just the position and the opportunity that I have, uh, you know, one more or six more months to go, you just suck it up and you, you've just got to um, you know put your head down. Um, you know, if, if it's a bad night, get up. You still go training. You you, you still try and put in the effort and, and work as hard as you can. Um, you know, you're not going to work every, hard every session, but um, you know, as long as you can put in a bit of effort and get something out of a little bit out of the session, um, you know, that's that's what's going to count. Is she uh, right-handed or left-handed? Oh, I don't, at the moment, a little bit ambidextrous. To be yeah, and I've, I, seen, I, and I've I, seen, I've I, seen videos of her in the pool with a ball. She's handy. Oh, yeah. I think, um, I think she's a little bit more maybe right dominant, but um, I have seen her throw things left and right. So, have you been we'll, feeding we'll her we'll left see. hand still? Or he's just yeah. forcing the left hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just keep, keep going the left hand. Yeah. I might yeah. just tie tie her right one up. Yeah, yell at her when it picks up things in right hand. Put that down. <laughs> left hand only. We spoke about this. Yeah, exactly. Go uh, left hand. Go left hand. <laughs> uh, and so you mentioned what it's. Six seven months till till Tokyo. What is the what is the road between now and then look like for you, and then also for the rest of the national team? Uh, yeah, it's, that's that's a hard one. Um, I mean, it's, uh, I feel like it's all sort of COVID COVID related, and and what um, uh, I mean at the moment we've been sent two schedules. Like Plan A is 
international travels allowed and we've got a busy start to the year. Um, you know, I think in February where we might be away for a couple of weeks in, in Europe playing, uh, there might be the World League in, in around April, I think, for, in, in the States. Um, but obviously if, if international travel or travel still still banned or whatever, um, you know, we've got a plan for, for Aussie camps. Um, you know, I think maybe Sunshine Coast or Sydney or, you know, wherever it might be. Um, so, uh, and then obviously plan C if, if borders are still shut to certain states uh, and I might be stuck here still, um, you know, it'll, it'll be sort of individualised um, scheduling and I'll be doing, I suppose, regular testing to to make sure I'm still keeping up that fitness so, you know, I'm not dropping away from, from what the rest of the boys are doing. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's things in place, but it's going to be going to be hard um, not knowing, you know, what's actually going to happen. So yeah, because it could potentially be most of the guys in Sydney, the three players over in Europe, and you up in Brisbane, um, and and Joe in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah but he'd probably be coming over here at some yeah, point, true. wouldn't he? Um, yeah, I think he's. Yeah. I think he's uh, planning a. I think he's trying to play for Balmain. I think uh, Woodsy was was telling me in uh, at Bonneville. So we'll, we'll edit that yeah, one out. So <laughs> 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 I've, been, I, I've been trying to get him to Thunder. But oh, it's Danny Wiley here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they must be trying to put a bit of pressure on you to come down, and that's obviously not an option for you, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so I mean, I'm. I'm uh, in regular contact with Elvis, and uh, I think the plan is, as soon as borders open, uh, to try and come down as much as possible, um, sort of for long weekends and, and things like that. Um, so, yeah, as soon as, like I said, if, if borders were open, I'd be down there now for, for this long weekend, or for, you know, this weekend for the for the camp. So, um, and I think that there's plans for camps to have them. I think every three or four weeks or something. So. Um, you know, like I said, if, if borders are open, I'll, I'll be down training for, for a, you know, quite a few weekends. But, um, yeah, until, until the borders are open, I'm still, still stuck here. So, um, How are you finding the whoop? Uh, I know all your boys are using it. Uh, how do you like it? Yeah, you got doubles. Oh, I got Garmin. the odd Garmin. Is yeah, it, the odd is Garmin it, uh, and the, the are, they, are they very similar? Is there much uh, discrepancy between Garmin and whoop? Or... Uh, to be honest, I haven't actually looked at the Garmin, the actual Garmin app, because I've got the Whoop. I just yeah. continuously look at it, sort of look at that. How are you that finding one, but, it? Um, um, they, they, the heart rate thing seems pretty similar. Yep. Um, from from what I have sort of looked at, but um, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's um, it's interesting to to look at your phone and, and look at all the data and. Um, I don't know if it makes me go, oh shit, I'm not recovering enough because I don't get enough sleep. But um, you know, but I, I still have the energy to, to train and things like that. So um, I, I don't know if it if it's helping or not. Or but I suppose it's good data to yeah. determine whether you're overtraining, undertraining, or um, based on heart rate. So, um, but I mean. I've only sort of had one conversation <laughs> with uh, about it, so um, you know I, I'm not getting as much, I suppose, feedback of where I may be at. Uh, you know, so I don't know. The um, I guess for you and Joe, any other dads in a team at the moment? No? Younger, younger's oh uh, younger, yeah. Like I guess younger's you... got Rusty. Yeah. Um, so you... Gil, Gil, Chris, 
um, yeah, had a, right. as a little girl too. But he's, I think he's sort of, uh, he's uh, sort of stopped. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's a few of us. Well, yeah, like I guess your data will be slightly different because your sleep's going to be so broken uh, compared to the rest of the boys. But talking to AJ and Blake, I think uh, they sort of mentioned their, their attitude towards recovery has changed, uh, meaning they chase their recovery more than they used to. So like having those ice baths, you know, actually respecting sleep because those guys can do it easily, you know, being more consistent with sleep. So for those guys, it seems to be... Just, yeah, driving the recovery more versus they used to just kind of go on how they feel. So it'd be interesting to see how you feel yeah. about it, uh, you know, f- a few more months. Because I think more more you use it, more it gives you trends and gives you monthly data. You can compare to previous months. Uh, and you guys only had them for a month or so or a couple of months. Uh, I've, I've nearly had mine for two, I think. Yeah. I've, um, I feel like... I've had mine for quite a while now, actually. But, yeah, so um, you should start getting yeah, some data a, yeah. to compare the trends and see if you're heading, if you're overtraining or under recovering, or if you're on the right track. So uh, your monthly reports. But um, yeah, mo- most of the most of the time, recovery's in the yellow. So <laughs> I don't think I'm recovering as much as I probably should be. But anyway, we can, we can, we, we can talk about it off here, Reese. Uh, we'll, we might have a <laughs> consulting session. Uh, <laughs> Mate, uh, Premier League up in Queensland. Um, I guess in New South Wales, we don't really hear mu- too much about it. Um, yeah, what's it? Uh, what's it? What's it like? What's what's going on in a Queensland Premier it's League? A new, new initiative this year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, back in the day, they used to sort of have it used to be called M One or A Grade or whatever it was, but um, and it was really strong. Um, you know, we we had you know the Richardson brothers here, Raf Sturk, um, Sean Boyd. Um, I think you know Anthony Martins, Pietro. You know, way back in the day, all the clubs are really strong, and the competition was really good. And then, sort of, it just I know dwindled away to sort of nothing. And there hasn't really they've tried a few things maybe the last sort of five years to sort of start something back up. But then refs didn't turn up, or players didn't take it serious. And um, so, what they did this year, um, it was done more through Queensland Water Polo, I believe. Um, and they I made it free for everyone, all the athletes, um, uh, and, and basically booked out pools and things like that and made it every second Sunday. So it wasn't to disrupt every weekend for, you know, eight weeks or whatever it was. Uh, so it was it's four Sundays, um, and then you played two games each, each Sunday, um, and I think it sort of brought actually a lot of guys that sort of left the sport, it actually brought a lot of them back um, you know, our, our sort of Barras team, you know, Sean Boyd wanted to come back and play, um, you know, Fabs, uh, Fabs Tavanello in goals, uh, Drew, Scotty Ginter, you know, a few of those older heads that sort of might play sort of, you know, social throw around on a Sunday by themselves type thing. They've sort of come back for a bit more competition type thing. So, um, you know, I think it's, um, Good for Queensland because there hasn't been anything for, you know, like I said, about five years. Um, and, uh, yeah, competition's been quite good. Everyone's taken it relatively, you know, serious. Um, referees are always there, uh, uh, you know, table officials and everything. So it's been done, you know, quite well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a, a good, I suppose, to kickstart something and let's just hope it, it continues on and, um, you know, Queensland can get uh, sort of a, a good 
A or you know men's competition r- running back uh, to sort of lift the sport and the profile here. I think that's what our Australian water polo needs is having those mid thirty plus players with experience playing or sticking around. I think USA is the same. Like you know, you need that experience. Like in Europe, you got players playing up to what forties. You know, plus, and I, I, you yeah. know, it's professional, but it's that experience. And they might only play two minutes or three minutes, but it's the experience at training on the bench that helps the young players transition. And I, I reckon that's what sounds like you guys are doing a really good job. But like, we need more of that. We need more of those yeah, older players, like they've been around. Um, but how good to it for a young kid to come watch that and watch Sean Boyd, Reese, Billy. Chris Corbin mm-hmm. all play like they can learn from these players, and you know it's being streamed by News Limited streaming it. Oh, wow. um, it's being streamed by Courier. Yeah, Mail, I think it's a, I think it's a dollar dollar and Courier Mail or something you can stream stream the games and um, you know <laughs> up up here though there's not many young people watching because most of them are actually playing. <laughs> <laughs> but still, but even to play against those players is, is fantastic. So. Who's so grand final this Sunday? Who play? Who's playing? Who's playing the men's? Who's playing the women's? Yeah, so uh, in the women, I believe it's the the Barras, um, uh, and I think the North Brisbane Polar Bears, I believe. So uh, I think in the women in the Polar Bears, I think you got uh, Naomi uh, Castle, this be Naomi McCarthy. Yep. Um, uh, who else is there? Jody Stumkey, uh, Ronnie Knox. Yep, uh, they've got a few uh, Oz juniors as well. Uh, and then on the Barra's side, you know, there's a, a few Oz uh, rep players. Abby Andrews, the left-hander coming through. Um, Kate Gibbs has uh, thrown on a cap as well. So, you know, you've got an experienced yeah, head there. Um, so it'd be a really good matchup, yeah. um, you know, on the women's side. And then on the men's, you've got uh, the Barracudas versus the Karina Warriors. Um, and again, uh, you know, the Warriors, they've got, you know, Anthony Martin, Chris Corbin, um, Nick Porter in goals, uh, Riley Townsend with the young boys coming through, uh, a few of the Queensland uh, QAS boys. And then our side, you know, myself, Billy Miller, um, Sean Boyd, uh, and a few names I mentioned earlier. So... That'll be a pretty good uh, game. It should be, uh, it should be a good little, uh, yeah. little match-up. Put, the round game actually yeah. ended up in a draw and went to shoot out, which the, which the Barra's won. So we'll see how this, this yeah. Sunday goes. Yeah, because any team that's got Corbs and Mardo in there, they're, they're sneaky. Very sneaky. So, no, that should be a cracker final. So hopefully <laughs> um, we'll, put the, yeah. um, we'll put the link up on the website and hopefully a few people uh, tune in because that should be a cracking game. And what are... Uh, uh, are National League teams picked from uh, those games, or is that like how does it work with National League sides? Yeah, so what they like, actually did, uh, and oh, also yeah. another reason why they started the Prem League was they wanted to um, ha- use that as a selection for them, the Queensland Thunder, or what will yeah. be the National League. Um, so I think that's why also um, some other players came back and some older guys, you know. Um, stayed and, and wanted to play as well because it was sort of, it's like a, I suppose, the, a platform for uh, the coach or, or coaching, you know, staff or whatever to be able to look at other players that they might have maybe, you know, overshadowed or, or, or missed that maybe they didn't think they were interested in playing or, you know, so I think they're actually using it uh, as sort of a little bit of selection uh, for potential thunder and, and, you know, down the track as well. So, 
um, you know, if there is a good men's comp, um, it, it's perfect for it. So, yeah. And uh, some of those older guys that have been around, are they open for selection as well? Or are they just sort of there to, um, I guess, fill the teams? Like, is, is everyone uh, kind of available for nationally? Yeah. They're they're open for selection, but um, I think I think uh, some of the older boys are, are more of a, a bit more of a social, a bit more yeah, fun. Okay. Uh, so we're not going to see Sean Boyd and the uh, Queensland Thunder this year. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, we'll give it a crack. We'll ask him, but um, I, I don't know if he'll uh, if he'd be that keen. <laughs> kind of like how we ask Woodsy every year. Yeah, <laughs> I do love, uh, and I imagine it happens up north. Yeah, we'll as, get Woodsy back. Yeah, I, I, I imagine it happens north as well. Like the young, young juniors, they might not know who, for example, Sean Boyd is, and uh, you know they call a press um, or they call a defense when they want to match up. I, I'm, I'm sure it happens up there as well. Like one of the common things happens here in the third grade with Gavin Woods, a four-time Olympian. Um, there's a the kids that don't know who he is and they're called press. Uh, and quite often they, they, uh, they recognize this guy he used to go right and still does. So, um, I'm sure it happens up North as well. No, most definitely. Uh, bang, 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 still up to his old tricks. So. That's it. Uh, you mentioned national league before. So, What's the latest with, with National League? What do we think it might look like in 2021? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit out of the loop. So I'm, I wouldn't quote me on this. Um, I've had a few different versions. Uh, Mate, do, you, want, you want me to... We'll you, go ahead as normal. Yeah. You want me to first bloke uh, that uh, yeah, from, gives from, wrong facts to, on the show, <laughs> so uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, that's all right. Yeah, well, you know, I think option one is it goes ahead as normal. Um, option two, um, I think there was something like um, the Sydney teams would play and then the Queensland, Perth and SA teams would have a round robin or something because borders were open at that time, but SA aren't now. Um, and then I think another option was maybe a, a 10-day tournament uh, style National League or something like that. So any options I've heard, whether they're they're still options or they were they're correct or not. Um, yeah, that's that's sort of what I was, I've been sort of uh, heard around the traps. But who knows? In an ideal world, like not not in a COVID world, not in a pandemic state, what would an ideal National League look like for you? Um. <sighs> Is uh, money no option as well? Money no option. <laughs> um, I mean, I'd I'd run it like you would like the European clubs. You have um, you have one game on a weekend. You maximise getting as many people to one game instead of you know athletes getting tired and playing four games you know back to back and people not really coming Thursday Friday a big game Saturday and all the crowd turns up and then no one Sunday, you know, you can maximise, um, you know, if you have one game, you can promote that so much better um, and get more people in the door, spectators and, you know, maybe a better live stream or something, I don't know, but, you know, and as a team, you can then prepare for one game on, on the weekend instead of, oh, well, we've got, you know, 
the Sydney Uni Lions Thursday, Friday, or, you know, Thursday, Friday, then we play West on Saturday, Sunday. You know, it's just all uh, all jumbled up and you can't really prepare. You've just got to go and rock up and play, you know. So, um, you know, you know, maybe maybe a Thursday and a Saturday game. I, I don't know if, if you have to play a team twice, um, you know. But, um, you know, ideally it'd be good to be able to just play one game on a weekend and you, you build up and you train towards that game. Um, you know, look at every other sport. What do they do? You know, the exact same thing. You've a round of NRL on the weekend. Mm. You know, they all play one game. They don't play like four games or two games back to back, you know. So um, ideally that's, you know, how, you know, I'd probably would like to see it. But, yeah, we, uh, we're, we're not in that situation. Some of the <laughs> hardest National League games, I reckon, were the Sunday morning, 10 a.m. at the grave. So you'd play breakers, you'd play breakers, and I reckon they'd put the game at like ten o'clock at night, just so that you didn't actually get to bed till like midnight, one o'clock, and then you'd have to be at Musgrave Pool for a ten o'clock game. And they'd always put the men's on before the women's on a Sunday morning, just so you'd just be the first yeah. game up, absolutely knackered, and then and referees yeah. follow the whistle as well. Yeah, remember the game? I think we had three Howdens playing and Lance Johnson. I think we played that game. It was the only way we could get any wins with that with the team we had at that point. You know, well, home ground advantage, right? You got a and Nicola on the mic. Yeah, <laughs> I got it back. Was it yeah, very nice? Um, do you want to get into some listener questions, or what were we up to? Let's go, listener questions. Mate, we got a few uh, listener questions. Uh, so, I'll, um, okay. So, first one: Who's your favourite Pierce partner? Who's that question from? No, I won't tell him. I won't, I won't tell him until he answers. <laughs> it wasn't long ago you were bagging me on this oh, about Lord. being, you know, not being a good, not being a good, not being a good Pez team with me and Miller. Hey, what's going on? I'm right? just sick of my mate here just like <laughs> kissing ass, all right? I'm just sick of it. He wasn't even on the show. He oh, wasn't even a listener at that point in time. Get off it. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, I mean... Clearly, clearly, my uh, my good mate Billy Miller. Um, oh, you're good. I mate. mean, it's not it's it's not it's not like there's much competition down in Bonville, uh, <laughs> but uh, we we do seem we do seem to win a lot. So, um, well, um, I mean, we might have to step it up to the big leagues and organise a big pairs comp somewhere, maybe. Your uh, your teammate will be very happy with an answer because he was from uh, <laughs> Billy Miller, uh, and yeah, I think we this, this should be a pairs tournament. Maybe. Like when Dorney opens, that's how we should open it. Yeah, just King of the pairs. pontoon followed by pairs. Pairs, and I would love to have like a six on five tournament, just extra man, best out of ten. How many? If it was best out of ten, how many of those ten shots, Jerkin, you would take from right hand catch? Me or Reese? Not you. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you drop the ball three times? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Uh, okay. What tips would you give? To being a better player, or big question, but um, yeah, do your best. What tips? Tips to being a better player? Yeah. Um, for well, I mean, obviously, most most players are, I'm assuming, quite young. You know, when you start, so um, I suppose the biggest tip would be to listen to your coach because um, he's a coach for a reason. He's either been there, done that, and he knows what he's talking about. Um, and if if not, 
surely there might be a, an older head around that you can you know ask questions or um, you know listen to or or you know watch them play um, and pick up you know what they do um, you know body position um, being able to read the game um, you know you can have all the skills in the world but if you can't read the game you know the, your skills are going to be useless so um, and I think that comes probably more with with your body position so. Um, but listen, listening to your coach and, and doing the drills correctly, you know, not not messing around or mucking around with your mates or whatever. Um, it just, I suppose, it depends on how serious you want to take water polo and where you want to go with it. Um, if you're serious, you know, do the drills properly and uh, put your head down and work hard because um, work hard will eventually pay off. Um, and this is a question from young Harry Woodsy. Um, so thanks for the question, Harry. Um, one thing I'll ask you on what you just said for Harry and all the juniors, um, for every kid or if juniors haven't seen you play, hopefully they can uh, get on YouTube and watch you play. But you're, you play on a uh, left-handed side, so you've got to catch the ball cross-face and you, you do have uh, amazing legs. You, know, you make it look very easy. What, well, you know, what did you do to get to that level um, to be able to obviously you know, be one of the best players on the side in the world, not just in Australia? I guess my question is, how do you improve your legs? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think um, I've always I've been like I've been pretty lucky. I've had I've had questions to sort of say, you know, how do you get better legs? Mm. Um, I don't know if there's an answer for that. I think um, I've just naturally been good on my legs, um, so I haven't actually worked hard to all of a sudden be able to get out in the water, you know, you know, out to my togs or whatever, or be able to move on my legs. It's just, it's just sort of been a natural ability that I've always had. Um, so, uh, but I suppose what then came with that was, um, like I said before in that previous question, um, you know, body position. Um, and that's key to be playing that side. You know, you've got to have your legs sort of out in a 45 degree so when the when the ball comes, you're actually stepping out on your legs. You know, if your legs are vertical, you're not going to get the rotation. You're not going to get the movement. Um, you're going to be more square on when you shoot the ball. Um, you know, or you might drop it because you, you you know you're in a bad position. So, um, and then obviously if you're facing the, the the wrong way, it's impossible to turn and then get a shot anyway. So it's all about body position. Um, you know, you can still have bad legs or not be able to get out high. But if your body position's in the correct, you know, in the correct um, position, catching the ball, um, you know, with, with, you know, even not that great a skill, you should still be able to get into a good position to be able to get a good shot away or a pass or to be able to move. So, um, I mean, yeah, body position and uh, I suppose just just watch and ask ask players. Um, I mean, the more you play, the more you, you pick up that skill. So, one uh, one of the best drills or tips that I got as a kid to catch the ball, not just cross-face, but all the time, is meet the ball before it gets to you. So kind of meet the ball and get before it gets to you so you rotate around rather than wait for the ball just to hit you on the hand. Have you got any tips like that? Like, have you got any tips for young kids? And I'm talking like you're probably under 16 level. Um, like a couple of things they can, you know, or drills they can do down the pool um, for body position. Um, um. I mean, there's, uh, I mean, there's a few, but yeah, like you said, I mean, I, I, I learned that way too. Um, having your hand ready, um, you know, if you, if your hands in the water, you know, you're, you're going to be slow to react to get your hand out. So, um, 
have your have your legs ready on top of the water or in that 45 degree have your hand ready so that and that also shows that you're ready to catch the pass as well so um you know if if you look ready um you will be and your teammates will know that you're ready for a pass so um, the more ready you can be and showing your teammates you're ready, um, you know, I think that's a, a pretty key. But um, like you said, the body positional drills, um, the ones where you've got your legs up on the water and you, you're sculling across, um, you know, they're, they're pretty good uh, drills, you know, both sides, left and right, um, even on your, on, your, on your tummy, sort of that, um, I don't know, what do you call it these days? Um, bicycle kick or um, uh... skating, or not skating, because skating's in your stomach, but that bicycle, kick on top of the water where you, you're moving along with your hips up so i love it how um, like that, you, that's you've probably been, one of the best drills i love it you, you've been to three olympics and you're asking us rookies what do yeah. you call it <laughs> <laughs> and like I what do you call it these days well, like, we're like, 10 years older yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good Good thanks yeah. all right uh, I don't know. I've, um, heard, I've, heard, I've heard all sorts of things Harry, uh, thanks for a question. Hopefully that helps. And we'll, we'll try to find a video for all the juniors uh, for some of the tips. And uh, from me, like, yeah, like, do watch Reese, um, especially, you know, on YouTube, you can find highlight reel. Um, all right. Uh, last question. Uh, are you going to play in Sydney this summer? And who for? This is a legit um, question. This is, like, this is, this is yeah. a legit question. because yeah, we know the yeah. answer. It's Hope, Balmain, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, I'll be coming to Sydney with the Queensland Thunder. Yep, very good. Uh, to beat all the New South Wales teams. Uh, no, but if if I was to come to Sydney and there was no Queensland team, oh, that's a hard one. I'd, I'd probably I'd probably have to go Sydney Uni, oh. only because. Only because when I was down in uh, in Canberra, uh, we had to come up and play first grade. And uh, I think Foxy, I think because West had Richie and Jono, um, someone else was with Balmain. I, I think it was no one was at Sydney Uni. Well, there was only a few at Sydney Uni. Um, James Young and Nathan Cargill. So I think I went and played for them for first grade. So I feel like I'd be uh, I'd be a bit of a dog if I didn't go back and. Uh, well, uh, you know, play for them. Well, play by you. I'm sure you're going to get a phone call uh, tomorrow uh, by Sydney Uni staff. And, and he knows uh, who's got deep Mon- pockets. Yeah. Monty will be happy. Yeah, Monty, exactly. I've got to keep Monty happy as well. Mate, well played. Because yeah, uh, he knows that Monty will put him up in a castle. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say that, I was going to say well, that like, Marin's spare room's free. Yeah. Like, hey, mate, look, Thea will love Li- Olivia to play with it. Like, yeah. so it'd be it's sweet. Then you got uh, Olivia. Yeah. Um, Sweet, that's all the questions. So you got? Did you have I, mean, any... I mean, I, I I have in the past said B- Billy and I are a B- no, B- Billy and I are a package deal. So I mean, it, wh- wherever the money's at, let us know. Did you say Billy? <laughs> What's the best deal? Did you say you touch Billy's package? Sorry, I didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, oh, bad connection. I oh, don't go there. No, <laughs> I'm hey, I'm just you've done pretty well for almost an hour. Listen, bro. I'm just going. Pretty... AJ gets his facts right, and he said. That Billy and Reese are superstars with DNA magazine. So I'm just going off that, all right? And and AJ doesn't get it. I think it's AJ and Billy, to be honest. AJ doesn't get it wrong. AJ was a little bit jealous, I reckon. AJ doesn't put May on his stories. Actually, just talking about AJ, he was on a rival podcast today, I think. Who with? He's on uh, Coffee with Keisha. Oh, really? The accountant special. Oh, he would. AJ just wants to be in any magazine. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he loves the. He knows where the camera is, and he just knows. <laughs> Maybe could you imagine getting him, him, and, him and Tyler? 
Oh. Jim Blake and Tyler, I tell you what, the oh. Delfina, give that a th- give that a shout out. And, <laughs> and Joe, don't worry about that. Lava boy Joe, Delfina, peanut boy. That's <laughs> uh, good. Yeah, we're just jealous. Um, actually, I got a couple of fun questions for you, mate. Oh, Jimmy does too. Yep. Uh, favorite movies on tour or just for a psych up? What uh, what are my favorite yeah. movies on tour? Yeah, or like just oh. favorite movies full. I mean, are you movie guy? You like watching movies on tour, or what's uh, what's your sort of uh? Probably yeah, pro- probably more of a more of a TV TV series. When we come with all the uh, the USBs with with them all yeah. loaded up, so we normally just share them around. But um, I think whatever's whatever's going at the time, I suppose. Any favourites? Uh, uh, I didn't mind Suits at the time. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't really. Being sure. a dad, there's not much time to watch well, anything at the moment. Well, Jimmy said, uh, <laughs> how, how are you going with Frozen? Is Frozen uh, uh, one of our favourites? What are you nah, up to now? Frozen, nah, Trolls? No, nah, Olive, Olive's all about Lion King, Bambi, yeah. um, nice. and Emma Wiggle. So the Wiggles are, are on constantly. Yeah. Emma is yeah. pretty popular. Uh, we went through yeah, Emma's It's stage. like the doll, but not the, the TV show. The National Girl. Yeah. In well, the Bluey. She, she's been Bluey. to a breakup as well. So yeah. she had a tough, tough going, and she probably... We're down a track. Well, I probably won't be long till Frozen for you then. Um, Frozen's yeah, not very, very big. Um, and superstitions. Have you got any superstitions? No, uh, not really. Uh, I know before a game, um, I'll do a lap underwater. Nice. Um, you know, as I, as we dive in or whatever, I'll do a lap underwater um, or for warm up or both. Um, but I don't really. Uh, I mean, I call that a superstition, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, I've lost lots of games doing that anyway. So, <laughs> Jimmy Clark's all about underwater first lap. Yeah, more of a ritual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you had a few fun questions as well, mate. So we know you're an Australian Spartan. Um, how would you go on SAS? Oh yeah, I've seen that. That looks intense. Mm. Um, oh, I don't know. I mean, oh. I'm not going to say I'd go all right, but, um, you know, because it actually looks pretty, pretty intense. But um, I know, I reckon I've got the, the mentality to be able to sort of, uh, uh, sort of uh, drag it out, I suppose. Um, just knuckle down and, and just get on with it. You know, I think that's sort of all you can really do. You just, you, you, uh, that's all you can do. <laughs> In your Australian team, your current squad, who would crack first? And who and who would go the furthest? Uh, oh, well, I don't know. Uh, you know, one of the Ford brothers. Yeah, they just go and yeah. go and go. Those boys, they don't stop. Or, Bla- or maybe Blake. No, his shoulder will blow up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, um. Just one more sort of question we usually get from users about uh, listeners is about improving power in the shot. What tips have you got for for young players to to improve their shooting? Uh, yes, well, um, Dimitri actually um, has all of us constantly uh, with like a sort of a, a one two you know small um, one two kilo ball um, and just. On one knee, you know, just bounce, or, you know, throwing it at the wall, um, sort of build up, you know, sort of probably build a bit of muscle type thing. Um, but then also just just a, an old normal ball, 
um, same thing, just repetitions, just on the wall, um, you know, hand-eye coordination, get that wrist, um, that wrist control, uh, and really trying to target one spot. You know, there's no point in getting on the wall and just throwing, you know, a million shots and they're all going all over the place. Um, you know, really picking one target or put like some tape and, you know, put a cross and just try and really hit that that cross, you know, every every single time. Um, but I reckon, you know, those those two tips, uh, a small heavy ball um, and then just repetitions with the, with the normal size ball, um, you know, over time, uh, you know, a bit of strength and a lot of accuracy. So uh, that'd be my tips. Awesome. Good. Um, Reese, thank you very much for your time. Uh, before we go, though, uh, if our juniors have questions or if people want to follow you, uh, what's, uh, what's your social or what's, what's the easiest way to get hold of you? Um, probably, oh, well, Instagram and Messenger are all tied in now anyway. So yeah. just, uh, just read, read out on, on, Insta, on Instagram or, um, I don't really, I've got Twitter, but I don't really use it. But, yeah. um, just, yeah, read out on, on Messenger or, uh, Instagram. I'll, um, I'll try to get back to, to you as quickly as I can. Beautiful. Uh, so yeah, so juniors, if you have any questions, uh, hit them up, DM them. Um, and yeah. Also just on that. Also on that, if um, obviously if any of the juniors ever see us around the pool as well, uh, or even any of the um, Aussie sharks as well, you know don't don't be scared to come up and say hi and just introduce yourself. And if you've got a question, then you know everyone's pretty accommodating and uh, we'll take questions and have a chat to us. So that's uh, no, mad, and yeah, get I, out I, I there do as well. You know, if you ever see me around the pool, don't be afraid to come up and say how's it how are we going. Yeah, no, and, and that's awesome. And I do encourage all the juniors to um, approach you guys. You guys are all pretty nice, um, most of you anyway. Who was the best? Who's who was the best at that when you were growing up? Like when you when you were growing up talking to older players, who gave you the most time, or who was the most approachable? Um, well, being Queensland, uh, Toby Jenkins, um, I sort of looked up to him quite a lot. Um, oh, he was yeah. uh, sort of a Barry Junior and went through the ranks and. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we had like the likes of, uh, Alex Oldichuk, um, the Richardson brothers, Adam, Adam and Grant were, were pretty good to get tips on from, you know, center back play. Um, you know, uh, Raph, always a, a good, uh, easy guy to talk to. Um, I, I actually do remember one of my first tours, I actually roomed with Woodsy. Um, I don't think we spoke for the four days we were rooming together. <laughs> I was uh, a little bit in awe, and Woody doesn't talk much, so yeah, he doesn't start much conversation. That was pretty funny. We, we're trying to get Woods on a pod, and yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, we've got him on next week. I think he might have to talk <laughs> a fair bit, Mara. No, we'll uh, we'll get some beers. That usually opens him up. There you go. Get him on. Yeah, mate. Awesome. Thank you very much. Is there anything else you wanted to to say? Add. No, it's too easy, too easy. No, thanks for having us. Um, yeah, all the best. And, Love uh, the podcast. Keep it going. Thank you, and I hopefully see you in Sydney soon. Yeah, mate, good luck for the yeah, road ahead. Yeah, too easy. Well, mate, see you soon.